Let's read this scripture, Galatians 6, 4, and 5. This is from the Message Bible, so it's maybe a little bit different than your Bible, a little bit more wordy, but it, it really has a great message for us. It says, make a careful explanation, uh, exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this message in this text. And as we go through it and expound it, we pray that you would touch our hearts to be people of influence. That the goodness that you have put upon our lives, Lord, would be communicated to others. That the blessing we have would bless others and that their lives would be touched and changed and that you would be glorified. Bless the preaching of your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Title of our message is Influence. Influence. And we want to talk about influence. And I loved seeing these kids up here. And I was just thinking about that, you know, as, as you were lined up here and some of you are sharing the things God did on your heart. And it's like, you know, they went there and they influenced those lives in that community. Amen. And this is what God calls us to do, to be people of influence. Influence means the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone else. That your life comes in contact with someone else and therefore their life is different. Amen? You have influence. It's a gift God has given you. Poke your neighbor and say, you have influence. <laughs> Amen. You are influential. And I want to tell you today, you have tremendous influence. If you look at this picture of dominoes, it gives us the example of influence that one domino hits another. And here's the thing. Our influence isn't just that one person. You, you, you students that went and ministered to these folks, you saw a few people. But let me tell you, that influence spreads out further than you see or will know in your lifetime. Because you influence one person and their life has changed and they influence another and another and another. And it's the ripples in a, in a pond when you throw a rock or the domino that hits another, hits another, hits another. And here's the thing that this picture doesn't show you is that your influence is exponentially larger than just another person. Amen. So we think sometimes, well, I influence one, it's no big deal. And so I got three videos I want to show you. Go to the first one. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes. But what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. Okay, see that little five millimeter domino? That's me. <laughs> maybe you're 10 millimeters, maybe you're 20 millimeters, I don't know. But I'm that five millimeter domino. Okay, you can go to the next slide, next video. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds, 
and it's more than a meter tall. And so see that big domino? It's over a meter tall. What do you say? Over 100 pounds? That's Morocco. That's the community up north where you guys went. We want to impact that, but I'm only five millimeters. I look at Morocco, 38 million people, and you know what you, you, you say in the natural? I can't make a difference here. 38 million Muslims, they have their religion, they have their beliefs. Uh, some of the people in the country would actually like to kill us. Why are we here? What can we do? How can we affect anybody's life? You can go ahead and play the third video. Ready? Boom. Somebody say, wow. That was 13 <laughs> dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. 13 dominoes. If we kept increasing those one and a half times each time, 29th domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. You might, oh, that's a cute little slide thing. But listen, it doesn't matter how much influence you have. You have influence. Amen? It's been given to you by God. And if you say, I only have a little bit of influence, it doesn't matter how much influence you have. It matters that you're using it for the kingdom of God. Amen? You might say, oh, these students, how much influence does a student have, right? Have any of you graduated high school yet that went on that trip? They're all high school students. You're not even high school graduates. What can you do in the world? We might only be five millimeters, but if we'll be faithful in the five millimeter influence we have, God can change a nation. God can change a community. And it may not be through us. We may not get the glory, but we may start the rhythm that begins to change a nation. You go to the next slide. God created you to influence the world in a way no one else can. It's easy to say someone else can do it, but God has put influence in your life that he hasn't put in anyone else's life. So if you neglect your influence, there's no one else that could come along and take your place because it's something uniquely placed into your life. Parents, this is very important for you to get. That influence is powerful, but it's not power. Amen? Because we want power. We want to take charge. We want to take control. We want people to do what we say to do. Can I get an amen, Pastor? Amen. <laughs> amen. We want to be little gods. We want people, especially our children, to do what we say to do when we say to do. But we don't have power. But influence is powerful. And we have to recognize that's what God's given us. So we don't try to control our children. We try to influence our children. Amen. That's what good parenting is. If you're trying to control your, your children, that's not good parenting. We have to try and influence them to make the right choices. Look at this scripture in Acts 28. Paul was a prisoner, and yet he didn't neglect his influence. You think, oh, I'm in prison? I have no influence whatsoever. Somebody has me in jail. But Paul has the chance to speak to a king. King Agrippa replies to Paul, and he says, in a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. This is a guy in jail, and he's having influence over a king. In 2 Corinthians 
says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade, we influence people for God. Amen. That's why we go to Morocco. That's why these kids went up to, to that city. We want to influence people, persuade them for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But because we don't have power, we often neglect influence. We want power. We want that man. I want people to do what I say. And so sometimes we neglect influence. We say, because I don't have power, we're not going to worry about influence. And in James, James says this creates a great frustration in our lives. He says you lust and you don't have. In other words, like lusting for power, for control. And so you commit murder. You're envious and you can't obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You don't have because you don't ask. And so we're not using sometimes our influence because we want power. But listen, you have tremendous influence. Whether you acknowledge it or not, you have it. Whether your influence is being used for good or bad, you have influence. Whether you're intentionally or unintentionally about it, you still have influence. And every day you're influencing other people. So my message today is to recognize your influence and then we want to be intentional about our influence. Amen? That we want to use influence as, as this gift that God has given us for the kingdom of God. Because this influence is truly a sacred thing. Amen? That God has allowed you to change the course of someone else's life. Now, you don't have power. You can't make them change. But through your life, other people's lives are changed. And so it's a sacred trust in your life. On the, my office wall, I have a sign that says, Do not lose your place in this world. Don't lose your place of influence. Amen? Pastor Mark, don't lose your place in this world. Amen? He's got a calling on your life. Every one of you in this room. Not just guys who have titles, pastor or missionary or whatever, but everyone from, from students to those who are here retired to those with powerful jobs or, or, or companies. Every person in this room, you have influence. Don't lose your place of influence. And don't neglect it. Don't abuse it. And use it for good. Use it for the kingdom of God. How many of you heard of this name, Charles Templeton? And was he a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> I, guess that's, I, see, I see about 20 people maybe recognize his name. Uh, so some of you might know the story. You might know who he is. Charles Templeton was an evangelist in the 1940s. And his kind of cohort, his, his uh, partner in evangelism was a guy named Billy Graham. So some of you know the story. But back in the 1940s, he got disillusioned with things and he said, Billy, how do you believe what you're preaching? And he walked away from the ministry and walked away from God and, in fact, wrote a book that was released just before his death called Farewell to God. And so when I bring up his name, you don't, most of you don't recognize him and certainly don't recognize him like you would Billy Graham because he lost his influence because he walked away from God. So listen, we all have influence, but if you're not using it in a positive way for the kingdom of God, you're abusing it, you're losing it, it's destructive. But we want to use our influence in a way that brings honor and glory to God. Amen? Uh, let's go to our text scripture, Galatians 6, 4, and 5. And just go ahead and go to the next slide. Let's look at the 
first statement in that. And we're going to go down through each one of these statements and talk about them. He says, this text just reminds me of, of influence so much. He says, make a careful explanation of who you are. Exploration, excuse me. Make a careful exploration of who you are. Notice it doesn't say an exploration of what you do, but of who you are. And so you need to know who you are in life. Amen. You need to know who you are, that you're a child of God, that you're born again, that you're redeemed, that you're his, that you're a child of the king. Amen. You need to know who you are as you go through life. And the second part of that says what you what you do or the work you have been given. And even though I don't want to say, you know, when we say who we are, we often, you know, give our career. I'm a pastor, I'm a missionary, whatever your title might be. We sometimes give that. And that might be a part of who you are. But the deeper part is knowing you're a child of God. Amen. That God has saved you. God has called you out. God has redeemed you. And so you need to first know who you are if you're going to be a person of influence. Because to walk with that sacred calling in your life. You need to be going out every day going, I am a child of God. How am I going to impact this world today? How am I going to influence those around me today? And it says, make a careful exploration of the work you have been given. You know, everyone in here, you have been given work. Can you say amen? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I want you to answer this in your heart right now. Do you love your work? Or hate your work. And some of you might just tolerate your work. You might not be love or hate. Do you love your work or do you hate your work? If you hate your work, you either need to to be in the altar and cry out to God. Or you need to go quit your job this week. And find out what God has for you. Amen? Or maybe find out what God has for you. Then quit your job. (laughs) Don't go quit your job. You need to pay your bills. But... My point is, don't go through life going, I hate going to work every day. Because God has a calling on your life. And that calling might be being a school teacher. It might be being a factory worker. Might be making toilet seats. (laughs) Teasing you there, sister. They they work at a plastic factory that spits out toilet seats. Hallelujah. I, I don't know what your calling is. There's nothing wrong with the calling of being a factory worker. There's nothing wrong with being the calling of a street sweeper or or a cleaner, anything. There's nothing wrong with it. But you need to accept that God has a call on your life. Amen. Look at this scripture. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. What is the work that God has given for your life? Don't just go through life doing a job because you need a paycheck so you can pay the bills and feed yourself. Find out what God has for your life. Because in that place God has for you, you are a person of influence. But if you get up every morning hating to get up, hating to go to work, hating your job, are you going to be a good person of influence? No. You're going to influence everybody else around you to be negative and hate their job also. And look at what he says next. And then sink yourself into that. Wow. So if you say... Wow, my calling is to be a factory worker. My calling is to be a cleaner. Or my calling is to be a school teacher. Whatever it might be, sink yourself into that. Give it your all. Amen? And if you get up in the morning and you hate your job, you're not giving it your all. You're going in and you're clocking in late and you're clocking out earlier. As soon as the, the dial hits the number, you know, you're like, I'm out of here. 
You're not prospering in that way. You're not influencing people in that way. And so you've got to sink yourself into it. You've got to give it your all to be a person of influence. Some of you might be sitting there saying, well, pastor, you don't know my circumstance, my situation. I've got a credit job. You don't know how bad my boss is. Let's look at this scripture about uh, Paul writing when he was in prison in Philippians. And he says, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren are trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. So here's Paul in prison. So if you think you have a bad job, (laughs) he's in jail for his job. But he says it has no less lessened my influence. In fact, he says, while in here, I have been preaching to the entire Praetorian Guard. Most of us, what would we be doing in prison? If we're in prison for just being a Christian, we'd be going, this Christianity don't work. (laughs) Get me out of here, right? But he knew he had a calling and he fully sunk himself into that so that the circumstances did not change his influence. If circumstances are changing your level of influence, you have not fully sunk yourself into who you are and what you've been called to do. Amen? Okay, if you can't say amen, say, oh me. (laughs) Hallelujah. And go to the next one. Paul gives us some warnings. Once you sink yourself into your work, two things are going to happen. It's either going to be highly successful or you're going to fail. If you fail, it doesn't mean God didn't call you. Amen? Amen? God doesn't always call us to success. God calls us many times into areas that are difficult so that we can be a person of influence in that place of difficulty. I had a guy come to me when I was pastoring in the U.S. and he came to me and said, Oh, pastor, you got to pray for me. I need a new job. Why? There's no one on my my, uh, job workforce, whatever, where I work, who's a Christian. And I want me to pray for you to leave. Then there'll be no one there influencing people for Christ. You don't need a new job. You need a new attitude. (laughs) Some of you in here needed that. Amen. (laughs) So listen, if you meet with it, success, he says, don't be impressed with yourself. It's not you. It's the influence God has placed in your life. So I apologize to you that as a missionary, I have to stand up here and say, we launched the Assemblies of God. We have 27 house churches and act like I'm bragging. But you need to know what God's doing through our lives. Um, But I take caution at this. He says, don't be impressed with yourself. It's not me. I see myself as that five millimeter domino. Amen. But then he says, if things don't go well for you, for you, don't compare yourself with others. You can always find somebody doing better than you are. Amen. So don't walk around comparing yourself. Paul said in another place, they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. So don't do that. Go to that last line there. And this is real important. He says, each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. 
That is such an important verse for me, young people who went on that missions trip. For anyone in here who maybe you don't feel highly qualified or highly skilled or highly gifted, just do your creative best. That's your responsibility. And God can use it. You see, I really feel like a five millimeter domino. I'm not the best missionary, possibly the worst missionary your church has ever had. I'm not highly intelligent. I'm not highly educated. I struggle to learn the language. I can speak French well enough to manage my life, but I'm far from fluency. I struggle with so many things. Should be normal things for missionaries. And yet God has used my life because of this just taking influence as sacred and doing my creative best. So when I tell you we have planted 27 churches, I can tell you honestly today, I have never planted one church. But it was the scenario I just told you. Jamel goes down to a city and he prays for 15 days. And we get a contact and these three guys follow up the contacts and then send them down to him. And then he gathers them and then they give their lives to Jesus and we have a church. And so I've had the honor to influence really one guy in a powerful way. Who's leading this movement, our superintendent of the Assemblies of God. I hope we can bring him one day to your church. And so you don't have to go out and rock the world. You just have to do your creative best. Amen. Figure out, if you don't have many skills, figure out how to use the small skills that you have. And some of you, you might already be that one meter domino. You might have a lot of skills, a lot of talent, uh, you know, a lot of moxie, but... Go ahead and use that to knock over the Empire State Building. Amen. (laughs) Go ahead and use your influence to impact the world in a greater way. Hallelujah. Well, we'll close with that. um, That you have to take responsibility. It's your responsibility. God's given it to you as a gift. But he says each of you must take responsibility. And that's my message to you today. To make you think in your mind, what level of influence do I have? Whether you're young, whether you're in the middle of your parenting years or later career years or some retired folks with us today. No matter your stage in life, who are you influencing right now? And would you take responsibility to use your influence in a positive way? In the lives that are around you. Amen. That you would. Even if your workforce is the most negative place to work in all of Wisconsin. That you would go in that place and make a change. Because the influence of Christ in your life. And the influence then that you bring to that place. Jesus said you're the light of the world. If you're in a dark place. Just go in that place and shine brightly. Amen. Go in that place. Love Jesus. Do things right. Even if everybody else is doing it wrong, you do it right. Amen.